Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast, actionable information for industry leaders. Hi, I'm Kathy Ma. I'm Sean Fitzgerald. And I'm Tony Uphoff. Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast. I'm Kathy Ma. Today, I'm excited to speak with Jen Updegrove. Jen is the Director of Global Supply Chain Process and Systems at Rockwell Automation, an American provider of industrial automation and information technology with global clients in more than 100 countries. We will discuss how the adoption of Industry 4.0 and Internet of Things will improve traceability throughout the global supply chain and the key role that data will play in the technological future. To get us started, can you tell us about your role at Rockwell Automation and your path to a professional focus on global supply chains? Sure. So I'll start with I've been here about 22 years at Rockwell Automation, so closer to 22 than 21 anyway. Um, but where my supply chain career really started was at Michigan State University. So I'm going to give a shout out to my Spartans at Michigan State. I actually have a supply chain degree from Michigan State and started um, my career with a third-party logistics provider. So I got out of college and went right into the trenches in an operational environment um, associated with the automotive industry primarily. So I spent some time on cross docks and transportation management and small lot warehousing and you know rolled up my sleeves and then um, diversified and came to Rockwell Automation around the year 2000. Uh, and here at Rockwell, our supply chain is structured in a plant source, make deliver um, functional strategy with quality and manufacturing engineering being some major support pillars that also reside in that um, in our organization. And um, my current role is actually within the supply chain strategy and planning function. So within our planning function. Um, my peers are the director of materials uh, for the global supply chain, as well as I have a counterpart that is responsible for manufacturing um, related enablement and optimization, as well as kind of network design for our supply chain. So, and then my role today is I'm, I'm responsible for a series of centers of excellence that serve across our global supply chain functions. So I'm responsible for a team of analytics uh, as, as we have a um, strong need for analytics, which I think we'll talk a lot about today. <laughs> and um, I have a team of uh, business operations support. So this team's primarily focused on process execution and optimization and a a lot of um, trends and enablers out there in the marketplace to, for us right now rel relative to robotic process automation, process mining that has really been able to allow us to take that team to the next level as well. And then um, last, my team is responsible for our partnership with IT. So uh, we have a strong collaborative partnership with our IT. Our, um, our internal IT organization runs an agile um, delivery kind of safe framework. And so my team's responsible for the prioritization and um, direction that our uh, IT organization takes for the supply chain capabilities. Thank you, Jen. I so think what is really incredible about 
your stories that you you kind of you are at the intersection of data, IT, engineering, quality. Uh, in terms of like building a robust supply chain for your company. So in regards to that, I believe traceability of where you get your products, where they are, must be an important topic. So given that it is a hot topic for us supply chain geeks, uh, I'm curious about your thoughts in terms of how will the future of industry 4.0 or Internet of Things improve traceability in the global supply chains? So it, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's been good though. It's been such a pleasure to be a part of watching industry 4.0 move from kind of aspiration into reality for us. Um, you know, the availability, the acquisition and the ability to connect our information uh, with people in our environment today has gone from, you know, something we thought about to reality. And it's really driving us into a place where in our supply chain, we can make better, faster decisions and um, achieve some of the advancements that, you know, we're achieving advancements thanks to the internet of things and the ability to connect that information to our people in a different way. Um, you know, if I, if I look at what we've been doing here at Rockwell, we're seeing correlation in the ability to connect engineering data with our planning data to, you know, influence how we make decisions for our customers and how much better and more accurate our decisions have become because of that um, ability to connect that data and bring together those functions in a new way. Um, so I think it's, it's, been, it's been interesting to watch. It's been interesting to be a part of bringing that to reality for Rockwell. Um, and I think there's a lot more we can do. We can continue to apply that in not only the manufacturing environment, but in um, the other functions of the supply chain, like um, transportation and global trade management, and um, you know, in our sourcing function and how we connect and trace our product through our source of supply for materials um, and services. So it's been exciting. <laughs> That, that's a great answer, Jen. I think another really interesting aspect of it is many of us in the industry look towards Rockwell as the leader in the use of data and technology to build robust supply chain and engineering innovations. So mm -hmm. I think with regards to your experience and, and, and kind of an overview of the industry. Now, if I were to ask you to give some smaller businesses or even larger enterprises who are just starting their traceability and data journey, what would be the things that you would want them to look into first? Yeah, I mean, first I'd say each company is gonna have a unique journey, right? Everybody, every company will um, be a little different in the way their journey, um, you know, manifests itself. Um, but we all right now in the supply chain, we're facing similar challenges. And those challenges are coming from um, certain areas. I think our ability to manage the capacity of our supply chain, whether that be internal or external capacity, if you think about our manufacturing environments or our 
logistics environments, transportation environments, it's going to be important that um, as a company, your journey starts with a unified strategy and vision. You know, at, at Rockwell, our leader um, has really driven us to have a unified vision that's led through capability, right? So, so not, let's not let technology lead us, but what is what are the capabilities we really want to acquire? And then how are we going to use technology to help us solve for those or achieve those capabilities? And so I think companies need to start with a shared vision, a shared strategy, um, a strong understanding of what their pain points are and you know how they quantify their metrics and their transformational targets relative to that strategy um, and focus on those metrics and let those guide you towards you know building out your journey relative to traceability and where it makes sense to start. Um, you know, it's it, building traceability is a huge digital transformation for any company. It's going to require um, skills within your people. It's going to require technology and it's going to require, um, you know, those two things coming together. I would say if you don't want to start with technology, I would say start with capability and in don't forget about the people that have to come along on the journey with you as well. I think those are really sage advice because um, if I were to rephrase what you're saying, a big part of it is don't just focus on the how, think about the why, and then yes. and then kind of really together agree on the what, then the, the how will sort of come along. But remember, you, you do need to measure and have clear key results so that That's you're right. you're motivating together as a company to the same direction. Now okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase the question a little bit and this might be a little, more, a little bit more challenging but Jen a lot of our podcast audiences are from even smaller companies sometimes. So yeah. if they have a limitation in how much they can invest in from get-go, do you have any advice on any small incremental steps or even the first step they can take in their journey? Yeah, yeah. I, again I think um you know, like I said, every company is going to have a, a different journey um, in the previous question. And, and you're right, everybody's going to have a different investment capability as they take that journey. Um, and, and I would say focus on those capabilities and use the team you have to ground yourself in your history, but reinvent who you want to be in the future, right? I think it's important to challenge those that have been a part of your current state to challenge those people to think about your future state and reinvent who you want to be. And, and that doesn't take a lot of investment other than time, right? And so I think that's, that's one place to start. Um, however, I would say another key element is data. And, you know, we talk about I, IoT giving us access and availability to so much data and information. It's, it's important for a company to recognize those data elements that and the maturity of where their data is within their environment and spend time investing in data management, data quality, and the ability to move and connect your information or your data for better insights. And those can be small investments. I mean, even, 
you know, Microsoft Excel can help you do that sometimes. Now there's tools like Power BI as well, but those can be small investments that allow you to at least see some feasibility around the art of the possible and then help you build your business case to make that investment into the right next step in your journey. Um, but the, the data and investing in how you connect, access, acquire, and manage it, I think is super important when it comes to this. I particularly love, Jen, what you said about investing in your people as well. Um, yeah. There are people that might potentially have a lot of capability in data analysis and, and, and manipulation. So really good advice there. Now, yeah. we did mention in the last 18 months, it's been a bit dramatic for everyone, especially yeah. people who work in supply chain and global supply chains. So yeah. um, if you were to advise an industrial business as they look ahead to what challenges might arise in, in the next few months or next year, what's the one thing you would tell them to look out and prepare for? <laughs> Unfortunately, I think we need to be planning for the same the last two years. Um, you know, I think, um, What's important is to think, what, what we're thinking about at Rockwell is the ability to manage and mitigate risk, right? Or points of failure throughout your supply chain. And I think we have all learned in the last two years in the supply chain where those points of failure are for us. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it, right? And, and where we've had pains in being able to recover from that and where those pains exist, which I think is a good learning for all of us. Um, I think that we need to plan for more of the same in those same areas, um, but also look to be able to manage them um, concurrently, right? We, I think a lot of what me and some of my peers here and my leadership at Rock will talk about is we were, we were set up to manage one or two disruptions at a time. We were never set up to manage as many disruptions concurrently at the same time. And so um, it's really investing in where you think more of that same is gonna happen and then taking it to the next level to be able to manage those things concurrently and, and, um, and mitigating those points of failure that were occurring and building that resilience, right? Within your supply chain. So um, I don't know if that fully answered your question there, Kathy, but I, you know, contingency planning is huge. I think investing in and thinking about how you're building contingency plans into your supply chain operating rhythm is important. So it can't just be about running your day-to-day kind of happy path and play, but what are the, those scenarios you've got to also be watching out for and think about them and, and model them. I think your answer is perfect because I do think pre-pandemic, we had a we had the mentality that, as you said, you don't really think about multiple tracks of failure. And to have that mindset more embedded, especially given all the latest climate change related disruptions is only going to prepare us better for the future, unfortunately. But I think sometimes pre preparation is the best uh, antidote to, to sudden changes. And, and also, Jen, it's so nice to speak with you. I think um, on behalf of Thomas' team, we, we really admire your work over at um, Rockwell. So as a successful leader, what are the three habits you rely on to set yourself up <laughs> for success every morning? 
<laughs> Every morning. I will tell you, um, the pandemic in the last two years have really um, honed in my habit to effectively manage my calendar and prioritize, right? So whether it be, it, it is prioritizing not just my day in the life here at Rockwell, but, you know, my personal life and how that, that comes into play. So I have a very rigorous habit of every evening, I look at my calendar for the next day, I make sure I'm prepped, ready to go into each of those meetings or my pickups for my daughters, whatever it be, I know exactly where I gotta be at what time and what I need to be in that moment um, for whoever that is. I think that's, it's a key habit I've gotten into. And, and usually I spend some time over the weekend doing that and looking across my entire week even, right? So making sure I'm doing that for the next day, but also having a plan for the whole week. Um, I will say I do make sure that there's at least 30 minutes a day carved out for me. It's become a habit. Um, I lost sight of it for a while, I would say, through the pandemic, but it became an important element. I had to get back into my day-to-day -day routine. So it's 30 minutes to just <laughs> clear the mechanism, right? Clear everything that's going on, whether that's through meditation, relaxing, exercising, but it, it, what it means for me is a habit of no work, no computer, no TV, no phone for at least 30 minutes of my day. Um, because it, those things became too much of a habit <laughs> for me and, um, it wasn't, it wasn't good. So, um, I think the other habit that I like to include is just ensuring that I'm there to tuck my kids in at night. One thing that I've been able to achieve through COVID and when I'm home and not traveling, that's an important habit. My kids are still of that age where they let me do it. So I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, those are some important things for me that helps me bring the right perspective to, to Rockwell every day. I think um, one thing that we learned from the pandemic is compassion for yourself and for your community mm -hmm. is very important. And uh, it's great that you're reinforcing what we learned. Uh, Jen, it's been great speaking with you. Thank you for joining us today at the Thomas Industry Update podcast. Thank you, Kathy. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Thomas Industry Update podcast. To learn more about Jen and Rockwell Automation, check out the links provided in the show notes of today's podcast.